Welcome back, everyone, to the Flying Lion Podcast. We're back here. Finally, it's a match week, Sam. I'm super pumped. It's been too many days, but looks like you're chowing down on some dinner. What would you have for dinner tonight, man? Yeah, I'm having some good dinner, a little bit of chicken, a little bit of uh, mashed potatoes here, you know, just getting nice, good greens in there as well. But uh, yeah, I'm here here to talk about some FC. So we put the dinner aside and we're, we're talking. <laughs> about some fc this week because we're finally playing on saturday i'm super stoked yeah man this has got to be the longest break between mls games that i've ever seen um you know we had that leagues cup break in july which i mean we still had games but it's been 21 days by the time they play on saturday since our last game like that is crazy in the middle of the season you know like how are your normal fans supposed to keep interest in this when it's been this long between yeah, I I have no idea. I'm I'm sure a lot of just of those generic Cincinnati fans are very much like, oh, like we're still playing. All right, well that's cool. I guess you know if we're not doing anything this weekend, I guess we'll watch or we'll buy tickets or something. You know what? I hate to bring this up, and I really hate where I'm about to say, but. Joe Burrow, man, you know, Joe Burrow goes down and now the Cincinnati faithful can turn their attention back to FC Cincinnati, you know, at least hopefully for the next couple of weeks, because uh, Sam, there's not much else going on, unfortunately, because of that. Yeah, to your point, um, this whole past week, we had another group of international play, right? So um, all of our our guys that got to go, we had three guys this time. Um we had Bupenza, we had uh, Mascara, and then we had Moreno all get called for their uh, national teams. Um, but they none of them got to play, which was <laughs> a little a little weird, a little funky. Um, starting with Bupenza, he didn't get to play because the dude didn't show up apparently um, to mo- to most of the the national team stuff. Sounds like it was a misunderstanding from what I'm hearing. You know, at first, when you initially see it, you're like, come on, dude. I mean, it's been two straight international breaks where this guy's shown up late to come back to us and kind of gets addressed by the team. And then you see that, okay, well, it's not even, you know, a club issue now. It's he's trying to go play with his national team. And I think, Sam, does he need somebody to take care of him or maybe set some extra alarms on his iPhone or something? I don't I don't know what's going on there. Got to be some. I mean, the assistant game needs to be raised. You know, that's. I feel like that's what's lacking there. But yeah, I, all the above for sure. I'll sign up to be his personal caretaker. I mean, I'll I'll travel around, you know, with him, and absolutely sure. Um, but more more to come on that later. You know, Bupenza, like Sam, kind of touched on, didn't even make it to his destination. At least we had uh, Yerson Mascara for Colombia actually, you know, showed up. He made the 18 of their game against uh, Brazil. Sam, Colombia actually ends up winning this game two to one in incredible fashion. Um, a certain Liverpool player uh, whose father was held captive in Colombia. Uh, unbelievable story here. I'm blanking totally on his name right now. And it, I, I just it had Luis Diaz. It was Luis yeah. Diaz. Yeah. So his father yeah. was, you know, held captive. They finally found him. He's at this game and he scores the game winning goal to beat Brazil in World Cup qualifying. I mean, unbelievable. Scored, scored two goals in four minutes. Like that's yeah. that's pretty remarkable. Um, 
an absolute electric game. I think it was like 74th and 79th minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can only imagine the energy that built up from that first goal because I, I believe Brazil scores in like the fourth minute. I think it's like uh, yeah, it was early Martin. on. Yeah. So you go fourth minute all the way to 74th minute and I, Colombia just erupts. Right. And then the 79th minute, he, he hits the game winner. Um, and yeah, his, his dad's going nuts. There's video footage all over the place where he's just, you know, literally, I think he fell out of his seat. Um, yeah. Just a very emotional game for Colombia. Um, but to our guy, uh, Mascara was an unused sub. So um, didn't get to play in that game. Would have been really cool had he gotten to play in that right. you know, Brazil match. Um, did not get the opportunity to do so. I think he's still, like you said, though, has to be feeling emotional, emotional about like the situation and the fact it's World Cup qualifying, the fact that he's included with the team, he's traveling with them, he's practicing with them. Um, I think that's invaluable, even if he's not necessarily playing in those games yet. Um, but for him to be a part of it is pretty cool. Same goes for um, Junior Mourinho. You know, his Venezuela team plays Ecuador. They tie 0-0. Nothing really comes out of that. But another point towards them qualifying for the World Cup, they're, again, gaining more points in that kind of run um he doesn't even make the 18 though which is kind of disappointing to see that he gets called up and he gets called into this camp he's practicing or training with them potentially can get injured but he's not even playing in these games sam so it's kind of hard to justify fc cincinnati releasing this player if he's not even going to be used i feel like if i remember correctly this was like the third straight time he's been called up or fourth straight time he's been called up and i feel like those other times he either start started every game or was a sub and then now he's dropped off of the 18 so i'm not sure if they you know just had him there for training for morale purposes or yeah, i don't you know, know i'm I'm not really too sure on that um but yeah i definitely thought it was weird that he didn't get any minutes or wasn't even a sub as well so <laughs> we'll, we'll see i mean i'm sure more stuff will come out about that but um, they probably watched too- the red bulls games yeah. <laughs> 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 you probably saw like his form they're like Dang, yeah, we can't risk that, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. I hope he turns it around because we absolutely need him. And, you know, as we move on in the pod, we'll talk about, you know, his importance potentially with Obi being out. Um, so stay tuned for our kind of discussion on that. As we kind of get through this rest of the episode, we'll again chat about a little bit more news here from this past week and preview the Philly game that we have coming up. That's kind of the big thing that we're going to touch on. But Sam, some other kind of FC notes that we had um, in the past week. Evan Laroe, our backup to the backup keeper. So that's the third goalkeeper for those uh, keeping track of that one. He has not featured in a single game this year, I don't believe. But Sam, he signed a new two-year deal through 2025. Um, I think one of the FC reporters, Carter Chapley, I think even kind of reported this as you know, he's the vibe guy, you know, and he's the one that's keeping that goalkeeper union together. As we kind of had talked to, you know, MLS keeper earlier this year, um, it's important to have those good vibes, especially in, in that part of the locker room. So I'm glad to see that he's back for another two years. Yeah, I also had read that, you know, obviously a great story if you haven't seen it yet. Mm. Um, it's all over socials and on, on the website, but um, this is also an opportunity for him to to keep his health care, right? So FC Cincinnati doing the right thing here, keeping the guy a part of the organization. So that way, you know, he's going through this injury um, and he's able to 
stay on healthcare and have things paid for. Um, what's what'll be interesting though is you know they extended him till 2025. Alec Khan has his contract expiring at the end of this season with a club option for um, next season that FC Cincinnati has. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens if they just go with Laroe as the backup and move on from Khan or, or yeah. what goes on there. I didn't realize that. That's a good point though. And I think can or con, whichever way you want to, you know, say it is uh, definitely earned some minutes. I would say, you know, whether that's with another MLS team or, you know, continuing, I, I love having a solid backup for open cup runs and cup runs. If the MLS is going to continue to do all of these, um, so I would love to have, you know, all three back just to kind of keep those continuity through and through, especially with our goalkeeper coach. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, one thing I saw in that same article, I think, Sam, is that he was actually the goalkeeper of the year in the USL before he tore his ACL uh, just about two years ago. So, I mean, he's a he's a solid keeper um, and brings good experience. He can train some of the younger guys, too. Um, Sam, I wanted to kind of move on here and, and talk a little bit about, you know, jerseys. Um, I don't know if you saw this on Adidas, but the Junkta Javit jersey, this orange one uh, that we had that has that flag, the Cincy flag in it, um, is now $39 on Adidas. So Black Friday shopping has officially begun. Uh, I already have mine here, but secure yours for $39. <laughs> Uh, you can find that on adidas.com. Uh, we're again, not sponsored by them or anything. Not a sponsor. Yeah. Not a sponsor. <laughs> Sam kind of interesting note. We actually have the highest Jersey on there for like that year's edition of jerseys in MLS. Do you think that's like part of the fact that we're still in the playoffs and they're trying to like get more money out of it? Like you look at Portland, theirs is only like 25, 27 bucks. Ours is 39. I'm like, is ours that much better than all the other ones or what's going on? I would, yeah, I would say the 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 fact that you know we're still in the playoffs, we still have that energy with us. So, um, you know, if anybody wants to hop on the bandwagon, we welcome you with open arms. Um, I think that's kind of what it what that says right there. Yeah, I just saw that, and somebody had tweeted out like, "Oh, these jerseys are on sale." I'm like, "Well, good timing with Christmas, Thanksgiving." But I think this jersey is going to be kind of transitioned out. We had touched on it on a previous pod. I think, are they going with another blue one? Is that what we potentially No, We had the blue one this year. It's either another white one, I think, is what we're on the docket for. And the orange one yeah. was the year prior. So I think it's another white one coming up for the next year. Or if you're Ryan, you're voting for a black one. Dude, I am going to push the all <laughs> black jersey. Imagine if they, if and when, I'm going to say and when, they win the MLS Cup. You know, MLS Cup is going to be hosted at TQL. Joe Burrow is going to come out with his left wrist, his good wrist, and pull the sword before the match. <laughs> He's going to be wearing a brand spanking new black jersey for the next season. Now, when we win, this is kind of a tradition for teams all over the world. When they win is they change their actual crest to more of a gold-fashioned one. Imagine an all-black kit with a gold FC Cincinnati crest. I'm putting that out there right yeah. now. I'm going to get ahead of that, but how incredible would that be? That would be pretty dang cool. Um, I think it would definitely pop off the black for sure. I mean, and then you talk about this coming game, you know, this week is an eight o'clock start. It's going to be a night game. 
They're wearing the all-black jerseys for a night game in the future. I mean, can you imagine? That'd be incredible. Nice little blackout. I think we're on to something, Sam. (laughs) Well, I think we can get into more of a preview of this week's game. You know, we've had almost two and a half weeks now to to think about this one and to prepare for it. Um, But, hey, I'm excited that it's actually match week. Um, it is kind of weird that we've had all this time and then, you know, the guys that we referenced that are still on international break actually still have a game tomorrow. Sam, I keep forgetting that. So those guys finish up their game. They hopefully get back to our team by Wednesday and then they have a few game or a few days, I should say, before the game. Uh, it, it should be interesting, the timing of at least those players, but the other guys have been ready to go for weeks now. Yeah. Um it once again this stinking MLS playoff format mm-hmm. definitely uh definitely a good format for sure yeah um <laughs> yeah let's go with that yeah that. yeah if you haven't haven't seen any of the clips that we put out um we're not too happy about it but um to kind of move on to your to your preview if you will um once in we've we've got Philly right so earlier this season um. We've played them twice so far. Um, one was a win. I think it was 2-1. And then the other one was, um, I think, a draw 2-2. It was, two, two. It was so, well, a 1-0 win by us at home with a PK well, coming from Lucho. And then a 2-2 two, two tie. 1-0 oh, and 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, yep. we were down 0-2 we oh, actually and came back and tied that one in Philly. Yeah, so that was the September 16th. So that was the last game we played against Philly. And that, that game was everything that you wanted in a soccer game that's that's what you got you got a whole bunch you know you got four goals in that game you got a little bit of guys getting in in some scuffles and then you had two red cards in the game um so obviously in that game if you go back and you look at the statistics an even statistical match um and for this next one i I expect something very the same you know what's interesting um I'm just thinking about some of the players and maybe some of a built-in rivalry between us with, you know, Pat Noonan coming over from Philly, Chris Albright coming from Philly systems being very similar. You know, that's the big talking point. Something that I think is kind of interesting is uh, a lot of Philly fans were upset that um, uh, Jose Martinez, their defensive midfielder was up for goal of the year and that Lucho ends up winning. Um, And then I'm looking at, you know, Salantano winning save of the year. And how Andre Blake has had all these saves too. So do you think there's any like personal vendettas against each other for some of the awards and whatnot? Um, But look at, you know, the awards we have this year, some of the players last year that had won, I think uh, Glesnes had won defender of the year for them. And then, you know, coach of the year being Jim Curtin. So um, kind of interesting building up to this, uh, looking at our all time record against Philly in MLS competitions, we're two, three, and six. But in the past two years since Pat Noonan's been around, two, two, and one. And I believe in the games where we've played Philly at home, we're actually undefeated, Sam. Uh, last year with a big win at home, and then this year a 1-0 win, again on that Lucho PK. So I feel pretty good about things overall, I would say. Um of all the teams, like just based on your gut on who you want to play or not play, like we've historically 
matched up fairly well with Philly. I know they knocked us out of the playoffs last year. And again, they kind of know how to play in these situations, but um, I, I think we're up for it, especially with our home crowd. Yeah. Once again, I mean, we can't go down too well. Like the last time that we played them, that's sure. the, the biggest thing, especially without all of the, the guys that we don't have. Um, just can't go down 2-0 against a Philly team that's a veteran team that knows how to lock it down in the playoffs um, the past couple of seasons. They've showed that they're a side not to be reckoned with, you know, um, when it comes time for the playoffs. But for their side, though, they're out with, you know, Wagner, who I don't, you know, just to catch everybody up, um, around the same time Miazga got suspended, Wagner also got suspended for three games, though, um, he was, I think he violated the, the anti-discrimination policy, said something to, to Bobby Wood during one of the new England revolution games. Um, so he will be out for that game as well. But, um, you note that Carranza is back. So Carranza's leading goal scorer for Philadelphia union. So he will be back, um, and probably a, a big piece of their offense going forward. Yeah. Good point. Um, with, I think, uh, a Philly, tweet that came out in the past week that he was back in practice uh Carranza so it seems like he'll be at least ready to go in some capacity um I had a friend actually reach out about um Kai Wagner and the fact that he's out he's their you know left back if you look at um really our right back you know being uh Santiago Arias potentially with a knock and Wagner not being in there. So how does that kind of balance each other out in some ways um, because of the injury concerns or even getting down that side with, you know, Miazga being out in the back. So um, I guess that kind of equalizes things in some ways. I had heard rumors that Gleznes, their um, center back had been out for a few days too. So it'll be interesting to see again. We'll keep harping on it. We'll keep going with this, but with how long of a break it is, it's more of an opportunity and training for injuries as well, especially as the weather gets colder. So in one side of things, it's good that, Hey, we have all these weeks to get some of our guys back, but it's also potential that they pick up knocks during these weeks. So it's kind of like a uh, eh, situation, you know, either way you look at it, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think this is FC Cincinnati. As, as I talk about the weather, this is the latest game into November we've ever played in, in our team's history. I looked back all the way to USL days, MLS days. Like we've never played past like November 7th or around that time, I think uh, two years ago. So it's crazy to me, you know, the weather could be so variable at that point. I had even seen kind of tweets out there that if it snowed, we might get an orange ball appearance, Sam, you know, the, the classic orange ball for snow games. But, um, yeah, again, it's just a long season, but back to the preview. I keep getting sidetracked by this MLS schedule. I <laughs> know. Uh, uh, well, so to your, to your point, though, the fact that, you know, this is the latest game in FC Cincinnati's, you know, history as far as on the calendar. Mm-hmm. I was looking ahead, looking at the weather there. Um, <laughs> low of 31, high of 41 right now. Yikes. So you get a little bit of a weather forecast right now. Um, looking Yikes. forward on Saturday. I'm sure it'll shift a couple. You know, I'm not sure about the the cloudy skies or how the sun's looking, but um, definitely sounds like an FC Cincinnati dub to me. We need the green screen behind you just to do like a little weather report. 
you know, because on these long, long stretches between games, we, you know, the content sometimes runs a little thin. Sam can be our weather guy for the flying lion. <laughs> like over here, you see the cloud front moving in. But <laughs> now we're going to shoot it to Sam out at TQL Stadium right now. <laughs> you could still report live from the stadium like you proposed a couple weeks ago, Sam. You could be outside. I didn't. I didn't. Give us that lowdown. But um, big storyline that I wanted to, to really bring up was, um, you know, how do we make up for not having Miazga? I mean, this has been finalized now. Matt Miazga, our center back's out for this upcoming game, yellow card suspension. Um, you know, we're, we're already short Nick Hagelin. So uh, do we see Powell? Do we see Gaddis? I've seen kind of conflicting things on one or the other. I think Gaddis probably is the right call because of his experience and he's not coming off an injury like Powell is. Um, brings more stability and he understands Philly players because he used to play there uh, more recently, you know, Powell did as well. And then I think I'm, I'm hoping that Arias kind of slides in at, at a right back position. So that kind of rounds it out. But to me, that's kind of how we make up for it. And you get strong performances from Mascara and Murphy. That's the key to this game, I think. Yeah, I think making up for Miazga is obviously going to be tough, and it starts with the back line. Um, but as far as play style, I think we got to play more counterattacking. Um, putting the ball on Lucho's feet is crucial as well, um, and then keeping the ball on their half when we can. Right, so yeah. not allowing them to pressure us or you know have, I guess, counterattacking chances on their end. Um, I think that would be definitely super crucial as well as when you're counterattacking like that, or if you're trying to go more possession, right? Slow the game down a little bit. I think you're relying on guys like Barrio, guys like Arias or Powell to bring up the wings and right. cross it in a little bit more. And I think he's not, he's not my player to look for later on <laughs> in the podcast, but I think Brandon Vasquez has to have a huge game and is so needed in yeah. this game because of that fact we're going to be launching balls into the into the box he needs to be finishing every chance that we get yeah that's a great point um and i almost made him my like player to look out for just because of what you're saying i mean if you don't want to constantly be under pressure your forwards have to be able to hold up the ball and to kind of build up your play and then get the outside backs involved because that's the way we've attacked this year um so yeah great point vasquez has got to be involved He's been doing little things that maybe don't get attention from the mainstream. He's not making the stats. He's not getting the goals, but can his hold up play be better? Can his first touch be better? Because you know, their midfielders are going to be on him. You know, they're going to be right on him and seeing him, you know, try to, I guess, establish some possession up at that front and connect with Lucho. Um, like you said, I think is a good point. Um, now, where does, uh, you know, Abina Wobodo fall into that, Sam? The big question right now, and I had actually tweeted this out uh, a couple of days ago, you know, you see the club pushing out tweets about Yuya Kubo. Yuya Kubo, you know, in his limited minutes has really played well and stepping in and like, okay, you know, that's great. Highlight a player like that. But um, seems a little odd based on the timing that, you know, all of our reporters that are at practice have seen Obi inside, not even touching a ball, not even outside you know, running around practicing. So we're what five days away now and still no word, you know, mom is the word. So are we trying to play Philly on a, a mind game thing? You know, are we trying to get them so they're not prepared for, for Obi or, you know, 
is he really that injured? I'm not sure, but it seems like all, all signs lead to, especially with this tweet that Kubo is going to be his replacement for this game. And that to me is just going to be, I don't know. I can't stress it enough huge because look at what he does for the team when Miazga is there. And especially with Miazga not in there, I mean, you're going to have to rely on Kubo so much defensively in front of the center backs. Yeah, I think Kubo definitely gets the start. It feels like, um, you know, you were mentioning socials and on the website, you know, they're they're posting about him a little bit more. So it does feel like it, it's heading in that direction. But my question to you is, is there any chance Obi's a sub then? Like if yeah. it's kind of a, a foregone conclusion, like if we want to make it up to be Kubo's going to start, does that mean like there is a chance that Obi subs or – do we rest him and, and hope that he's fully healthy for, you know, the next game, but obviously you don't want to, you know, look past Philly. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. I, I mean, I had to go back and actually watch in the New York game to kind of see the injury he took. I think somebody stepped on his foot. He kind of points to his big toe. Like, did he get a turf toe type thing? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it depends on the severity of the injury. You've already had three weeks to kind of rest up. Um, if it's a fracture, you might want a couple more weeks to let that heal, especially in the foot. Obi is just such a workhorse, though. I mean, if he's able to play, he's in, and he's in there for 90 minutes. Um, so if there's any chance, yeah, to your point, Sam, I think he, he would be an invaluable sub, especially in the scenario of with the lead, not as much if we're, you know, not winning. You know, I, I would want Kubo more there for an attacking presence that could move forward more. Um but I think you're going to kind of touch on what were, what were you going to say? Well, so I was just going to ask then, so say Obi doesn't go, Kubo starts, who do you mm -hmm. trust more as a backup for Kubo and Moreno, Pinto or Angulo? Uh, Pinto right now. Yeah, just because he's, he's played in some games recently. When's the last time you saw Angulo play? Yeah, that's what, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Um, yeah. I, I think Pinto is my guy. He's a little bit more defensive as well. Right. Um. Then Angulo is, and I think I definitely think you got to go Pinto as far as backing up the backup. Right. You know what's <laughs> crazy though? How times of the year can change so many things. We played Philly in April, and Angulo started that game. Sam. Yeah. You know, Obi didn't. Obi didn't start that game. It was Pinto or not Pinto. It was Mourinho and Angulo in the midfield, mm -hmm. and I had to like double take. I was like, "Holy crap!" And then I had to go back and look. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Angulo's played in maybe since the New York Red Bulls game. Like, it, it's been a long time. Maybe he played, like, two minutes here and there in the last couple. But Pinto's been in there more, and I, I trust him more as a backup. So, um, it'll be yeah. interesting to see. I think that's a good talking point, especially with Miazga being out, is Obi is invaluable if this team wants to move on, and we need a healthy Obi to win the MLS Cup. Yeah, I, I think – the big takeaway off of this game is, you know, both teams are missing key players. Whoever does a better job of, of plugging those holes, you know, with solid comp contributions from either, you know, depth uh, options or coaching as well. Um, I, I think we'll have an edge in this game for sure. That's a great point. I think you should tweet that out. I mean, that's just such a game changer. You're right. Who Who can adapt better? I mean, it's one thing to adapt in the moment, like we've seen Pat do time and time again in the second half of the year, coming back and getting the tie, getting the winner late 
you know, down the stretch, but how do you adjust with, you know, three weeks? How do you plan for the other team when you kind of already know what's about to happen, what kind of style they play? Um, so who better fits that profile for that? Um, good, good point, Sam. Um, the last thing I just wanted to touch on real quick was that Arias, like I mentioned, took a knock in practice. Uh, it sounds like he hopefully should be able to go. I haven't heard much more other than last week about that, but it, it sounds like he's finally healthy and the team had rejected his move to play for Columbia, which to me is a sign that he's coming off an injury. You know, why risk him going and potentially getting another one? Because it sounds like Sam is pretty mm-hmm. cool. He's a top choice for the Colombian national team at right back. I mean, that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, I I think it's it's good to hear that he's kind of getting his feet back under him. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I think we'll see what what happens come game day. Hopefully, he's that first name on the team sheet. I'm hoping so. But uh, let's move on, Sam. I, I want to hear your trivia question of the week before we head to a break here. Yeah, trivia of the week is going to be how many players from the 2019 FC Cincinnati roster are still a part of FC Cincinnati's organization. Organization. So in 2019, like uh, the roster meaning a player, an active player, or can it be coach? Rostered player. Rostered player. I'm going to say three. I'm going to lock in three. Can you name those three? Um, Haglin, Powell, and uh, man, this is a stretch for the third one. Who is our uh, Austin Berry? I'm going to go with Austin Berry. I think he might have played that year, but I can't remember. But now he's right. on the strength and conditioning staff, so I- I'm not sure. But let's let's go with three. <laughs> All right. So Ryan's got three, and uh, we'll give you the answer in the second half of the pod. We'll be right back. So Agility is a technology-driven soccer training facility. So we offer six facets of training. Uh, that would be Tech Touch uh, with ball launchers that work on your first touch, the TSZ, uh, which is the ESA equipment and working on decision making. We also have a circuit. Uh, circuit training would be taking the ESA equipment to the next level. It's kind of like a soccer obstacle course. Then we offer neuroscience training with our reflection tools, uh, working on processing things a little bit faster and eye coordination and such. Uh, we offer skills classes, which is your typical corporate skills training. Um, lots of people still enjoy that. So we work on a lot of attacking 1v1 skills. And then we also offer athlete development. So our athletes come here and they work on speed, agility, uh, quickness, explosive movements, really just learning how to move and function a little bit better as an athlete. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for listening to a word from our sponsor. We're finally back to a match week for FC Cincinnati. We're still playing, Sam. We're still in this. We're still in the hunt for a trophy. Let's get excited again about it, you know. Um, I'm over here during this break actually watching the U.S. play Trinidad and Tobago, and I just see uh, Serginho Des blowing kisses to the ref and kissing the ball out of the stadium. Just got a red card, and now it's 1-1 because of him, but... Man, that ju- that just seems like a miazga, like hothead type moment. But I don't think he'd ever take it to the point of kicking a ball, and he would probably blow kisses. I I wouldn't put it by him to blow kisses, but I don't think he'd kiss kick the ball out of the stadium. 
I feel like he'd do that after that that he got the red card though. I don't feel like that That's would true. make him get the red card. But yeah, Dest needs to to cool it. He's the best right back that we have. If he's got to be more mature than that, especially if he plays over in Europe. Sam, who's more likely to get a red card for doing stuff like that, Lucho or Miazga? I mean, based off of this point right now, probably Miazga. Um, I feel like this season Lucho's actually matured a lot. Um, we've, we've seen less griping and less complaining and et cetera. He still does it, obviously, but right. um, I, I think he's matured a little bit more and taken more of that leadership role to the next level, and that's why he'll probably be the MVP. We'll see. We'll see. That should be hopefully soon. But um, Sam, I kind of have a twist this week on um, jersey swaps. We're going to do future jersey swap of the week. And that's kind of a cool thing, in my opinion, because you get these fresh kits, you know, before they're worn. You don't get the sweaty one. So <laughs> what's your future jersey swap of the week for this Philly game? Who are you looking out for? Yeah, so my my future jersey swap of the week or player to watch for the game is probably going to be Yerson Mascara. Um, Mascara is now the pillar in that back line at 22 years old <laughs> on an, in an all-stakes game, winner go home, elimination game. You know, he, he's definitely going to have to be a key piece, not only in the build-up play, but obviously in the back line. He's been phenomenal as far as tracking defenders down. Um, but the, the communication in the back line needs to be better. Him and Murphy really need to link up, and he's got to be the vocal piece of that back line. This is the biggest test of his career so far, and I, I feel like this game specifically against Philly will drive him because, you know, he got kicked out of the last game he played against Philly. So this is kind of a motivator and a redemption game for him as well. Good shout. Yeah, I forgot he had gotten the red uh, in that game earlier this year. So you're right. I think he's definitely hopefully not back for like blood in the sense of like he's going to get like a card, but um, just more motivated, like you said. And hopefully not his last game in FC Cincinnati colors too. You know, I, the dude's got oodles of potential. Um, if there's any way that we can keep him, I mean, I'm sure we're going to explore that, but um, he definitely has to be a pillar in this game and a vocal leader at such a young age. I mean, between him and Murphy, they're both pretty young players. And then you have a young goalkeeper too. So um, Gaddis maybe will balance out the age in the back there a little bit. Um, but yeah, great shout for future Jersey swap for this week. Yeah. Who you got? I'm going to do bar y'all. I'm going to do uh, Alvaro um, had such a good game in the first Red Bulls um, game at home. He always seems to play inspired in front of, uh, you know, friends and family. I would imagine that his family, again, will make the trip up from Argentina to see him play. And again, he's just always playing well at TQL. Um, I think he kind of fell off a little bit in this past game, uh, the last New York one, but he, he's raring for a good moment. Again, I think he, him and Lucho have magic in them this year. Um, so to see them kind of connect again and to see – I'm going to call a, a banger of a free kick and shoot. Let's put the 32nd minute, you know, um, now I have to really pay attention to the clock and see, but number one, it's got to be a free kick at that time. And number two, he's got to make it, but um, maybe I shouldn't put that much pressure on him, but I think he's going to get a goal. That would be really cool to see. Um, but I, I would say Barial is, is my future Jersey swap this week. 
Yeah, I think we I had touched on it earlier in the pod, but he he's going to be a crucial piece um, down that wing. He, everything goes through him or Lucho, right? So on the outside, it's Barrial. On the inside, it's Lucho. So those two are going to be crucial in in playing those one twos. Um, and then once again, I really do think Barrial either creating for himself on that left hand side or finding Vasquez or Lucho in the middle is going to be absolutely crucial. Yeah, let's see. That's a good point. I didn't even really think about the crosses. Um, I think we had a goal in the second, yeah, the second Philly game when we played at Philly, a quick kind of crossover by um, Bupenza, but I think Barrial also gets an assist that game as well. So um, what we haven't seen a ton of is a serviceable ball that one of our strikers heads in for a goal. So that would be kind of a Really cool thing to have like an early cross in and have a Vasquez um, header goal like we saw in the U.S. national team game, Sam, when they played Canada. Um, he was he was pretty motivated that game and had a good service in, and ended up scoring. So I would love to see a header goal uh, off a Barrial cross. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. So card of the weeks, I usually go first, but go ahead. <laughs> Give me your card of the week. All right, switching it up. Um so my card of the week uh, is the fact that there's not been an MVP announcement or a coach of the year announcement. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, why are we waiting so long for this? I mean, it seems like they already know who the winner is. And to be honest with you, I think the team knows already too. So why not just share it with everyone else? Um, especially this week, I think it would make it special because of how big of this game is just like to have Lucho just be honored. Cause I mean, let's be honest. I think this is a lock at this point, just put it out there. You know, we want to celebrate him. And especially at this game, if they were to announce it, the MLS this week in the stadium before the game that they announced him being the MVP. And then he just goes out and just destroys Philly. I mean, would be incredible. So I would love to see that um, happen. Hopefully tomorrow would be my, my hope. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. Um, especially it would be really cool to have that announcement in front of the fans. Um, being, you know, I feel like once again, it, it's way too long overdue. Um, I feel like the MLS should do exactly what the NBA does to where, Hey, let's give the MVP trophy to the guy. If he's playing in the playoffs first home game, cause right. they usually do, you know, best of seven series first home game he lifts up the trophy in front of his you know friends and family and all the fans and then he's able to showcase it right then and there and then he can focus on the playoffs now we've had to wait and wait and wait and to your point i mean he probably already knows the team probably already knows but we don't like we're we're kind of having that stress for him um regardless if if he knows or not he he should know and he should have been announced already and it's absolutely ridiculous Yeah. I mean, I didn't even think about what you had said is like, I don't know in past years and we'll have to kind of go back and look, but um, do MVPs normally get a chance to celebrate, you know, in front of their fans or, um, you know, is there a moment for us to create like a TIFO for him or something like that to honor him? Like if it comes after this game and unfortunately if we don't move on, which I mean, it's not going to happen, but let's say that's the case. Like, you have to wait until next year to do a supporter shield one. If you want to do a big one for that, um, or, you know, a Lucho one for MVP. I mean, 
I don't know if it's like a league directed thing that they're not doing it. Like there's just been no information about when are they going to release it? The voting ended like several weeks ago. So what, what's the deal with this timing thing? I mean, you're not really pushing the playoff stuff terribly too much, but you've had three weeks between games. Like this is the perfect time to push your MLS announcements and your awards. Like there's no reason for you to not do this at this point. Um, so that that's my card of the week. It's a yellow, but it should almost be a red because that was ridiculous. So, um, Sam, what was your card of the week, though? Yeah, my card of the week to touch on the first topic of the, the podcast. Um, I'm going to go with Bupenza's time management as my card of the week. First of all, Bupenza going out of the country has been such an unwanted and unneeded stress of FC Cincinnati this second half of the season. First of all, when he first arrived, he had an international travel delay, which led to him getting to the game just hours before the kickoff. And then the second time he returned late from international duty to FC Cincinnati training and was left out of the season finale against Atlanta. And then now he's dismissed from the Gabon national team because he was late to team activities like this guy and his team manage or his time management really need to, to get it together. Yeah, I mean, is it a time change thing? <laughs> we'll blame it on the time change, you know? Let's let's say, oh, well, in America, they have this thing, you know, this time change thing, and I can't get it together that way. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I don't know. I want to give him more credit just because, again, from what I've heard, like, it's not necessarily, like, his fault this time, but, like, everything screams, like, dude, you got to be on time. You got to show up for your team. You got to do this in the proper way to be a professional. Um, his stats this year for us, I mean, six goals in 12 games is like, that's solid. I mean, that's better than any other DPs we've had, but, um, yeah, I mean, being punctual and like being a team player that says a long part about you being a part of the team and vibing and, you know, buying into the system when he is here, I will say, I mean, dude is like all about like the crest and like, you know, being engaged with the fans and you see videos of him engaging. So I can't fault the guy for that. It's just like, he's got to be on in these moments. Um, now to kind of look at like the history of Gabon, like Aubameyang played for Gabon and, you know, he's had a couple instances of feud with their national team. And it sounds like from what Chris Albright says is, you know, the team's still trying to figure out their relations with this national team, meaning maybe the way they do things is a little bit different than Argentina, the U S you know? So maybe there's some intricacies that are a little bit different and not fully understood, but at that high a level of soccer, I mean, you would think that things are pretty set in stone. And if it says come to the airport at this time, I mean, that means show up at the airport at that time <laughs> or else you're going to get left off the flight, which is what happened with him. So. Yeah, I I can only imagine being in the airport and seeing Dupenza like looking out at the window, watching the air airplane go up into the sky. Like, guys, Sam, we should do a Mister Me. We should do a Mister Bean meme of like him looking at the coach looking at the watch, and like looking up for Bupenza. Like, where's he at? We don't see him. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I don't know. Time management. At least he's back. Let's just say, at least he's back in Cincinnati. That's, yeah. You know, the Eagle has landed. He's here. He's in training, um, hopefully ready to go. Um, 
doesn't sound like Baji. I don't know, Sam. Do you think Baji's gonna start? Do you think Bupens is gonna start with Baji coming off of a muscular injury, but he's out practicing and running around with the other players? Um, I would kind of prefer a healthy Bupenza at this point over a half Baji, you know, because we got to start if, the game. If you strong. if you start Bupenza, does he play all ninety, or do you take him off for Baji, or do you take Brandon off for Baji? Yeah, good good question. Uh, if Baji can give you twenty, he comes in for twenty and gives you a spark plug off the bench. Uh, he's physical. He's kind of fits the profile for a single elimination game more than a best of three because of being able to kind of make a difference in a shorter amount of time. Um, but it's hard to argue about Bupenza coming off the bench, getting a goal for Supporter Shield, getting a goal in the last game for us to help us advance. So does he ride that if he can? And like you said, maybe you only get 45 out of Baji, but it's a solid 45, and then you have Bupenza in the second. I think Baji only comes in if we're losing. Yeah, that's that's a good shout too. I I think you're right. Do you ride like the guys through? Yeah. I well, so I I don't know. Once again, just for firepower, looking at the form Vasquez has been, I'd choose Bupen like to keep Bupenza in over Vasquez. And now, do you put Baji up top and then slot Bupenza and Acosta into like become right. those playmakers, and you push your wings all the way up to the top, like? So that way, you know, say we're down 1-0 or, you know, something, we need a big push and we're just all attacking at that point. I don't know if you leave Bupenza up top with Baji and have Acosta still behind or if you have both behind. Um, not too sure on that one, though. Yeah, and that kind of also begs the question, if you manipulate, um, you know, positions and players, do you drop back to a four-back system? You know, I think it just depends on how the game is running, but – you're already down a center back, you know, maybe you take out uh, Gaddis and you put in another attacker, uh, you put in a third striker, and then, you know, that that way you have at least more attacking people. I, I Again, I hope I don't, we get, we don't get to that situation, but um, we're kind of geared up more for that than we are from the opposite. Um, who are you going to bring in as a backup center back besides Pal? You know, slide Kubo back there. I mean, are you going to do a rookie? Um uh, who would it be? Joey, probably Joey Apononu. You know, do you do you put a rookie yeah. in in that position? So, um, I don't know. Or Halsey. I mean, even Halsey could come in. He's at least played some minutes, and you slide Res in the center. But we're more geared for like attacking-minded guys, at least the way that the health is right now. Uh, and Gulo coming off the bench. You know, you could have Santos. I hate to say that you could have Santos, but you could have Santos come in. Um depending, you know, Baji or Bupenza. So it is interesting. Again, all hypotheticals. And I think a lot of what the coaching staff goes over, well, okay, in this scenario, if you're behind, you know, this is who we're going to potentially look at bringing in. Um, what do they kind of look how the game's flowing before they make those decisions? Um, I would love to interview the coaches and kind of see, do they plan for that? In a single elimination game in the playoffs, you know, do you plan for that? You plan for potentially overtime or PKs. You know, that's another thing. So this round versus the best of three, um, Sam, this round we go into 30 minutes of extra time if it's tied at 90, and then we go to PKs. So, you know, do, your, do you gear yourself more for a longer game uh, than 
you know, the opposite games where it's just gone straight to PKs. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, but but once again, that I don't I don't think we gear ourselves up for this to be a, a long game. I think we just want to let's cut it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. Let's yeah, let's try and get this done win. as fast as possible. But um, yeah, to my point earlier, I think if you're gonna kind of wait a little bit, let let's play the counterattacking game a little bit more and try and save your back line as much as possible. So that way, you know, they, first of all, they don't get too stagnant, but second of all, they're not being hounded constantly by corners and different chances um, because you also have a, a young Celentano back there as well. True. And kind of, that's a good segue for me. What I was going to bring up is look how bad Roman was in the PKs last time. You know, unfortunately do you bring can in at the end of the, stoppage time to have him do your pks sam who do you feel more confident with uh-oh i mean at this point like i said i think i go with roman to be honest with you yeah just because he, he he saved one um but it's, it's a hard not to, to look at can and be like man i trust him as well I mean, their records on PKs are, I mean, in shootouts, like, Can's actually won two of them now if I look back on it this year. But, like, he didn't look great in, like, the the Open Cup one was, like, eh, wasn't so good. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know how I would handle that scenario. I think, like you said, Roman's at least done it in the playoffs now and is familiar. Maybe that helps him. And – you know, with this new MLS rule, we'll be in front of the Bailey. Like, you're going to use your vibes off of the fans. Um, so that's definitely going to help him. Yeah. So going forward, we win this game. Who do you think wins with Columbus Orlando? I think, correct me if I'm wrong on this, I think it's a home game for Atlanta, Orlando, right? Because they're the higher seed. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really think Orlando pulls it out. Um, it's going to be a tough game. Um, like very, very well balanced. Um, Orlando with a solid defense, Columbus with a high powered offense. Um, yeah, I, I think you could go either way. It's a toss up, but because it's in Orlando, I think that helps them. Columbus is used to cold, cold weather. Orlando's used to the humidity now at this point. So that definitely helps them. Um, if we end up playing them, I think that kind of advantaged us because we're used to playing in the cold versus a Columbus team where it's cold on cold. You know what I mean? Um, I, I do think that Orlando ends up pulling out and, you know, I, I am biased just because I don't want to play the crew. Um, but what a storyline that would be to play them in the, the conference finals too, though. Uh, I think I'm just salty because I can't make that game. I can't make the conference conference finals anyway. So what about you? Yeah, I, I think Orlando probably squeaks it out. Um, but I, I'd rather see the crew, um, just because I, I want a little bit of redemption. Um, okay. Okay. And I, I once again the storylines and adding to the FC Cincinnati history and the lore, this year, being able to beat the crew and go on to the MLS cup final would be, you know, etched into our history as something that, you know, that means more about this season. That would be iconic. You're not wrong about that. And can you imagine the vibes of like 
playoffs if it came to that too. Like, I don't know. It would just be insane atmosphere. Um, I saw this thing on Twitter today, though. It's kind of interesting. Some of the MLS teams are selling tickets already for next year's inner Miami game. They're kind of doing a pre-sale for season ticket holders, Sam, for a supporter section seat, you know, outside of your season ticket. If you want to buy additional seats, they're going for $481 and they haven't even announced the rest of the MLS schedule for next year. Um, this is the second team I've seen do it. NYCFC has done this now too. It's kind of ridiculous to me how early they're doing this stuff just to try to like get people to go to these games. Like it's just ridiculous. Um, why now? Why in this scenario? Like the crew are still in the playoffs. Like sell your own tickets for that or get your fans to go down to Orlando to support them. Like, I don't know. It just seems very odd, the timing for that. I think it's more odd for the timing with the crew than it is NYCFC. NYCFC, I get it. You're yeah. not in the playoffs. Right. Maybe you, you make a little extra revenue before 23 <laughs> ends and sure. you make the board happy and there you go. You get some pre-sales. Um, but yeah, for the crew, you're still in the playoffs. What do you what are you doing? What are you like, doing? <laughs> seriously. Yeah, it's kind of a head scratcher. Um, I'm not sure. It's, it's it's interesting you have the tickets for that, and then you have like all these like jerseys going for 20 bucks online on Adidas. It's just hilarious. Um, you can see where one side of this brand is pushing for this, and the other side is like, yeah, we're good. We're just trying to get rid of the rest of these. Um <laughs> I don't know, man. Just interesting. That's, again, a side note. Um, hopefully we win this Philly game. You know, it'll be a big test for us at home without the guys like we had talked about here during this podcast. Sam, my prediction for this Philly game, um, I'm going to go with a 2-1 win. And I think uh, I think Barial, you know, gets that first goal. And I, I want to see Lucha get his second MVP moment and kind of solidify things. Hopefully, again, it's announced this week, but... Uh, I want to see him kind of walk it off to move on to the next round. But what's your prediction? I'm going to go with a boring match on this one, and I think it's decided by extra time, 1-0 Cincinnati. So uh, like a golden goal uh, win. Yeah, where we avoid going to PKs, but at least can score to win it in overtime. I would love to see that. Yeah, And then then Celentano takes the deep breath and goes... Thank God I don't have to do PKs. Sam's or Sam's heart. Well, Sam's heart and my heart won't be able to take that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, my, my heart is going to be beating at a very high rate uh, at probably around 930, um, you know, come Saturday evening. But we're excited for it again. You know, this playoff game is this Saturday. There's a big OSU Michigan game during the day, thankfully. So the night is wide open for everyone to follow this game. 8 p.m. Um, go ahead, Sam. Unfortunately, the Bearcats game did just get moved to seven thirty. So, um, luckily, who's gonna they watch had that zero, team? Yeah, they've had they've two had zero wins success this year. this year. Yeah, yeah. So there's gonna be nobody at that game. Y'all should be around. Spend the your money. Yeah. TQL. Yeah, spend your money going to FC's playoff game, please. Like, if you look at Bengals tickets, they've plummeted. I mean, now they're at sixty bucks a ticket. Go to a playoff MLS game that means something and support your city, you know, show up like we showed up against the bills on Sunday night football. Um, There's going to be a really cool light display, 
you know, before the match. Um, very similar from what I hear to U.S. Mexico from when we went, Sam. Um, so I'm excited to see that. And again, just for the vibes, ready um, for maybe a potential last time at Taft's Ale House. Shout out to Taft's Ale House for having their last uh, day be uh, Saturday, actually, the same day as FC Cincinnati's game. So everyone get there, you know, um, if you can, you know, go support Taft's there. I think they have some other locations that'll be open, but to, to me, Sam, I just wanted to point it out. It was such a staple in OTR before games, whether that was USL or even MLS games. I loved going there, um, you know, to eat, to get a drink. Um, it, it was a cool spot and I, I'm going to be sad to see it go, but hopefully a cool other business or something steps in. That was one of the first bars I ever went to down in OTR. So definitely a, a fun and a memorable, you know, experience for me going there um, for games or um, even just going downtown. We got to give you a trivia answer here. Um, Sam, again, repeat the question for us and give us the answer. Yeah, so trivia question of the week was how many players from the 2019 FC Cincinnati roster are still a part of FC Cincinnati's organization? Now, Ryan said he would go with three. I believe he said uh, Nick Haglin, was it Alvis Powell, and uh, Austin Berry. Was it Austin Berry? Mm-hmm. So you got two of those correct. Um, the whole answer was four. Whoa. So We've got people still from the 2019 squad. That is Corbin Bone, hmm. Jimmy McLaughlin, hmm. Alvis Powell, and Nick Haglin. Interesting. Okay, so now you're referring, I guess, you know, Jimmy and Corbin, former players then, now, you know, part of the FC community. Awesome. Yes, sir. That's a good question. I like that. I like that a lot. I hope to see some more players join the club in some capacity for that. Join the ranks, yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for the answer. Again, thanks everyone for tuning in. 